What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrandHolyLand.com. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host. You can find the show over at SoundCloud.com slash LandGrandHolyLand, on Apple Podcasts by searching Hangout in the Holy Land, and follow us on Twitter at HolyLandPod. want to welcome you guys into today's show. Hope you enjoyed our recap of Ohio State's early signing period recruiting class go back and check that one out in the archives it was a very eventful early signing period for Ohio State lots of good info there so be sure to check that episode out but today we are going to talk about the final game of the 2017 season for the Ohio State Buckeyes and that of course is against the USC Trojans in the Cotton Bowl out in Arlington Texas and so to preview that game and to break it down from a USC perspective I am joined by one of the editors over at ConquestChronicles.com, SB Nation's USC blog, Brendan Carney. Uh, Brendan, what's what's going on, man? Are you ready to break down the Cotton Bowl? Uh, definitely. You know, I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I think it's going to be one of the best bowl games out there. Yeah, this is a great matchup and one that we don't see very often. The last time was the the home and home series back in 2008, 2009. That went a little bit better for USC than it did for Ohio State. But it's great to see uh, these two programs play again. And before we break down the matchup and and how these two teams stack up and and what we think about the Cotton Bowl, I want to get into USC's season a little bit and kind of how how it went. They finished the season 11 and two, Pac-12 champs. First back-to-back double-digit win season since 2007 and 2008. In the post-Pete Carroll era, where does this season rank for USC fans? And is this the healthiest USC's program has been since then? Well, I mean, you got to look at it. USC fans have to be happy with the way the program's moving right now. You know, early on in the season, a lot of fans were, I guess, a bit disappointed. I think people got a lot of their hopes up about uh, playoff chances and stuff like that. But um, I didn't think this team was there yet, but I still think they had a great year. And, you know, um, Sam Darnold didn't play as well as everybody wanted them to, but he definitely is still one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And just uh, the overall growth of the program, you know, you got to love because last year they didn't win the Pac-12 title. And so it was a big step for them to get that title back again, try to uh, maybe gain a couple years of dominance of winning the Pac-12 championship like they had in the past with, the Pete, uh, with Pete Carroll. So I think it's just a big step, and it's uh, another step in Clay Helton kind of proving himself as a college coach, and uh, it's something they can build off of. And this is another great chance with a bowl game against a, a team, Ohio State, that's incredibly hot right now and just in sync to uh, try to prove themselves and grow even more. You brought up that disappointment from the, the fan base about not making the playoff after the way they finished last season in winning the Rose Bowl, I think winning their their last nine games, including that crazy Rose Bowl win over Penn State, and then the hype coming into this season yeah. and all the talk about Sam Darnold. Has that kind of disappoint has that disappointment been kind of eradicated after winning the Pac twelve title? Uh yeah, I definitely think it was. Um it definitely was very strong after that Notre Dame loss because that was very brutal. Uh but um I think fans, you know, you gotta realize it was also a twelve game stretch with no bye. And the fact that this team was able to bounce back and um, even especially after that Notre Dame loss and rattle off uh, five straight wins, including against a talented Stanford team that they had to beat twice. You know, I don't see how anybody can look at this season and think of it as a failure or like a disappointment uh, that now that they've won the Pac-12 title, which they hadn't done in a while and 
have an 11 win season and a chance to make it 12 against a really good team in the Cotton Bowl. Getting into the game a bit, one of the biggest talking points nowadays in college football, not only when you have two high-profile teams playing in a bowl game like this, but really any team that has a lot of players who are eyeing an NFL future, you hear talk about our players going to sit out. And from an Ohio State perspective, there hasn't been anybody as of yet that has said that they're going to sit out this game and prep for the NFL draft. Has that been the same for USC? Well, there was talk about Ronald Jones early on maybe doing it, but he came out because he's had a bad ankle, but he's come out saying that he wants to play in the game. And I think uh, and he has uh, NFL aspirations because, you know, he's a uh, first team all Pac-12 this year. So it's great to have him back at running back. He wants to play. Uh, they say he's probable for the game. One guy, I wouldn't say looking out for NFL aspirations, but Porter Gustin, he's had a very, he uh, fractured his toe early on in the year, and he's missed the last five games. I mean, he's a junior that could go this year uh, to the NFL after this game, but I think he's missing it more along the lines of he just can't play versus uh, preparing for the NFL. How much of this game do you think is about who cares more? Because both these teams miss out on the playoff. They, they both had aspirations of making the playoff. And this is a one-game sample always. You can never really tell what's going to happen in these bowl games. But what, what do you think this would mean for USC to beat Ohio State heading into 2018? Well, if I had to look at uh, who's going to care more going in, I would have to think it's probably Ohio State because, you know, the playoffs now that they got, I would think they'd have to be pretty pissed off going into this game. But um, I guess for USC, it's just another, I think Ohio State's, should be in the playoffs. So if USC going into this should look at it as like a kind of a playoff opponent, not really a playoff matchup, but one that kind of feels like it. So I just think it's if it's something that USC can really just uh, beat a talented team like Ohio State that's top 10 in both rushing, uh, in both offense and defense this year, it's just another uh, great obstacle and another thing to put on your resume and just a confidence booster going into 2018. When anybody talks about USC this season, there's always one place they start with it, and we're going to do it here too. We're, we're falling victim to this one. we got to talk about Sam Darnold and <laughs> get into the matchup of, of USC's offense versus Ohio State defense. And um, Sam Darnold started the season, and, and it looked like he was really inconsistent. Nine of his 12 interceptions this season came in the first six games. It looked like he was rushing things. He was under pressure a lot. But he's been able to be more consistent as the season has gone on. And in this game in particular, do you think that his consistency or lack thereof is kind of going to define whether USC's offense can have success? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, um, he's going to face pressure all night with uh, Nick Bosa coming on the edge. So, you know, he's going to have to be able to stand in that pocket. He's going to be able to have to, to go through his reads and trust his protection. Because early on in the year, you kind of saw he wasn't really – uh, trusting his re receivers who at the point were inexperienced they're not really proven and his offensive line who didn't really have it together so he's just going to be able to have to his consistency in that game is just going to define uh the entire offense because rojo can't do it all himself uh ronald jones and um with this ohio state uh secondary he's going to really have to step up his game and that's kind of where he plays best under the lights so it'll be interesting to see do you think that he has improved as the season has gone on or is that is that just a talking point people like to throw out um you know i think he has as the game has gone along I, he doesn't have you know against uh, you've seen his completion percentage go up against arizona colorado ucla and stanford uh he's not playing extremely lights out but he's playing uh 
very well. I think uh, Trojan fans got a little spoiled with his Rose Bowl performance last year and just some of the crazy things he's done. But yeah, he's he's really settled in this year. After a bit of a rocky start down the stretch, he's really led them well. You brought up Ronald Jones a couple of different times, and he is one of my favorite players in the country. He ran for over uh, 1,400 yards this season, 18 rushing touchdowns. He's so explosive in the open field. I like to call that guy a good shave because he just glides throughout <laughs> the field. He is so much fun to watch. And to me, when I, when I watch USC this season, their offense has been at their best when things start with Jones and then Darnold in the passing game can kind of build off of that. Am I off base there? And and how important is it for USC's running game to get going from the start? No, you're on base. Uh, one thing that USC, I guess, uh, offensive play calling, the coaches saw a lot of critique this year, was they would kind of stray away from Jones in games like Washington State, where they really, the, off, the, the passing game wasn't clicking. And guys like Jones needed to see more action. And, you know, I think they've done a good job down the stretch of doing that more because when Rojo does get moving it makes the offense just so much more balanced you know if you can't only focus on sam donald and you got to focus on a a guy like ronald jones who just runs with just so much ferocity and then just can explode at any moment it really just takes the pressure off the whole offense and it just opens up everything for donald so yeah absolutely against ohio state uh top 10 defense you're gonna have to want to establish that run it's not going to be easy to do, but you're going to have to do it. Man, you are preaching to the choir on this podcast about going away from the running back. That is something that also sticks in the craw of Ohio State fans. So people here definitely know what that's like. But how do you think uh, how do you think USC matches up with Ohio State's run defense? Because for the most part this season, Ohio State's been the best rush defense in the country. They were able to shut down one of the best running games uh in their last game against Wisconsin, they held Jonathan Taylor to a, a season low in rushing. So how, how do you think USC stacks up, and how does USC's offensive line stack up against what's arguably the best defensive line in the country? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's going to be tough. Looking at, uh, I mean, Ohio State does have a stout defensive line, so it's just something USC has, have to, has to work with. You know, you look at the Trojans' offensive line, and at the beginning of the year, they lost three All-Americans from their previous, uh, in the previous 2017 campaign. And just coming into this year, there was so much doubt about how they could do just like experience-wise, fluid, uh, fluidity with the, and just uh, working together. And then this year, you kind of saw them rocky at first. But then as the season progressed, you really saw them coming to their own. And I think it's something Ronald Jones has to be able to deal with. He's not going to have, we know he's not going to have a lot of space when he gets out there. I mean, they're not going to be opening up just gashes on the Ohio State line. So that's something he's been really looking on. He just needs to take that little space he's going to get and then make something out of it. And that's something he's done really well with all year. You know, there have been times where the offensive line is really struggling uh, early on in the year. And Rojo just saw even just a little bit of space and then boom, he's off. So that's just something I guess they might have to go back to a little bit. Even though the offensive line's gotten a lot better, I think it's going to be not near the production they've had the last four or five games. So he's just going to have to take those little spots, those little moments, and be able to find a way to get five or six yards just on a consistent basis or find a way to break a 15-plus. What do you think the biggest advantage for USC's offense is over the Ohio State defense? Well, I don't think I don't necessarily think Ohio State's secondary is poor at all. You know, I know they're very good at man coverage, but I could just think – with USC's receivers, a guy like Deontay Burnett always finds a way to get open. Like he, 
I can't explain it. The guy just knows how to run routes, and he just finds a way on the field where no where no one is. And that's just, I think, something Darnold can really rely on. When the pressure gets there, when Nick is bearing down his neck, when the Ohio State's uh, uh, kind of stopping the run a little bit, just st little stuff, I think, Sam, if Sam Darnold can look and find a Deontay Burnett, like on a third and medium, just open for a first down, or maybe a Tyler Bonds, if you give him a little bit of space in the Ohio State secondary, he'll make you pay. I just think little things like that that they can find and try to exploit that and that's bit while it's small like a small play in a game it, it builds up over time michael pittman jr a guy that scares me as well he had a huge game in the pac-12 title oh, yeah. against uh stanford what seven catches for six catches for 147 yards and a touchdown he's a sophomore he's 6'4 215 so a really physically imposing player and like you said about the ohio state secondary they have been far from poor this year but uh there's definitely been times when they've been out on an island where talented receivers have been able to take take advantage of them and USC might be the most talented group of receivers that they've played this season including a team that they struggled with like Oklahoma but shifting to the other side of the ball USC's defense really struggled at times this season you brought up the the Notre Dame game which was kind of an infamous debacle among USC fans and they finished 61st in defensive S&P plus this season what's been the book on them this year and why have they been so up and down well a lot of it has been I would say uh put a lot of it on injuries and poor secondary play so I mean first uh they'll be without Porter Gustin who they've been without majority of the year who is supposed to be one of their uh, all-american linebackers and then just decimated with injuries because Cameron Smith missed time, uh, Uchina Nuoso missed time, he's a senior linebacker, uh, they missed guys up front, uh, and then just secondary-wise, you know, uh, Iman Marshall and uh, Jack Jones, while they're both talented guys, they just entire secondary has been uh, prone to just big coverage busts, and they've been, uh, a couple games they've been really picked on. The one thing that really stands out to me about their defense and some of their struggles has been in the running game, they finished 53rd in rushing defense, S&P Plus, 91st in success rate. They gave up uh, a number of big plays, as we saw in the Notre Dame game, and they've kind of gotten pushed off the line of scrimmage when they played more physical teams. They were able to shut down Stanford in uh, the Pac-12 title game to a degree, but we saw that Notre Dame game plan, and, and they ran 47 times for over 370 yards in Arizona. Khalil Tate had a huge day, 234 yards rushing on 43 carries. Is the most important thing for USC's defense in this game to stop the run because if there's any team that likes running the ball, it's Ohio State. Yeah, definitely. This uh, this Trojans front seven can be uh, – it's a bit of an enigma because you look at the guys and um, – you know, they lead the nation in sacks with 43, and they got guys like Rasheem Green and Christian Rector who are great on the pass rush. And you don't necessarily look at them and be like, oh, they're getting, like, just hammered off the ball. It's just, I think it's, what it's been is just like a worse combination because at, the t at times the offense has just been terrible with staying on the field, and the injuries decimated them. So I think they've really left this front seven out to dry on multiple occasions. So while, like, their stats might look pretty bad, I wouldn't necessarily say they're a bad unit. Just looking at, I think, just the things that have come together with injuries and poor offensive uh, play early on, I've just kind of left them out to dry. So I'm not necessarily, but like they do, I'm not necessarily worried that they won't be able to do it, but it's something they definitely have to hunker down on. And I think this little stretch between the end of the regular season and the bowl game has definitely been a huge help to trying to get them healthy and kind of getting their feet back underneath them. And I think you'll see 
a much better uh, front seven uh, rushing-wise. Do you think the key to success for their defense in this game is being able to stop Ohio State on those first down runs where they usually pick up six or seven and get into second and three? And if USC is able to mitigate that a bit, they can use those talented pass rushers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Second and, like, eight or seven is a huge difference between second and three. So just being able to put – you got to be able to put, I guess – you can't really do it a lot, but putting JT Barrett in uncomfortable situations because the guy just finds a way to get out of them. But you just got to be able to make them uncomfortable, uh, set them back, yeah, get them behind the chains, do anything you can just to get see third and longs. Because if yeah, if Ohio State's picking up five or six yards every first down run, you might it's going to be game because they're going to run all over you. This is a really open-ended question, but what's the easiest path for USC to win this game? Hmm. Um. That is. I would probably say if the offensive line gets a really good push on the run game, if Ronald Jones can find a way to be averaging over five yards per carry, which I'm hoping he can, but I don't know how how much it can happen against Ohio State defense. If If he can really find a way to get the run game open, I really think it opens up this offense. And then so Sam Darnold can have can have much better uh, second downs and third down opportunities distance wise. And and that'll help keep the defense off the field because, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes offense is so explosive. So I I think the run game probably comes down to it. All right. And final question for you here. If you have to give a score prediction, what what are you rolling with? Um, I got to be a homer, I guess. I got to do it. Um, I'll say USC 31, Ohio State 28. I don't think that that's too far off base. Uh, the, the S&P projections, I do have it being off base. They have Ohio State winning by 12. But like we talked about earlier, in these bowl games, when you have two talented teams like this and two talented quarterbacks in different ways, I think that this has the potential to not maybe not be a, like a Big 12 type of shootout, but like you're saying, a 31-28 or a 35-31 type of game in – I think that both teams will be interested. You'll see guys want to want to finish the season out right and get a win here. And this is like this is a star making game for everybody because you got Sam Darnold going up on a big stage against the Ohio State defense against Nick Bosa, like you said, and Ronald Jones, who despite being so prolific, still doesn't get quite the attention that I think he deserves. And then on the Ohio State side, you have J.K. Dobbins running the ball. You have J.T. Barrett playing his final college game. You have everybody on that defensive line. So I think you're going to see a really good game to, to me. And, and I think you make a good point that the USC run defense probably isn't as bad as the numbers suggest, given that they had to deal with injuries and they played for 12 straight weeks without a bye. And that'll probably be probably be really huge for them that they've had this chance to finally rest and recuperate a little bit and get their bearings straight but for me I feel like the Ohio State run game is probably going to be what defines this game and if they're able to have success and keep that USC pass rush off of JT Barrett and, and get into those second and shorts then I think that they'll be able to not have their way with USC's defense but have a very productive game so I'll go with Ohio State 34 USC 27 so very fun game and uh, I, I don't think that it's out of the question this game going either way oh yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a phenomenal game I've been looking forward to it uh, since they announced it so I'm just ready to have the game <laughs>
Yeah, uh, us two, and it's the final game of the college football season, which is a bummer, but there's definitely worse things than ending a, uh, a season playing USC or, from your perspective, playing Ohio State. But if you want to keep up with anything uh, for the Cotton Bowl coming up here in the next couple of days before the game from a USC perspective, make sure to visit Conquest Chronicles. Dot com. Also follow them on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN. And then Brendan, where can they uh, where can they follow you at? Um, uh, I don't really have a, a Twitter. I guess the one you can follow. Smart man. <laughs> I don't really use it for uh, uh, Conquest Chronicles, but mine's B Carney one. Give him a follow or not. You're making the smart play by not using the Twitter. Uh, more more people, us included, should join you on that. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, be sure to do so at. Holy Land Pod. Also visit LandGrantHolyLand.com and find the show at SoundCloud.com slash LandGrantHolyLand and subscribe on Apple Podcasts by searching Hang Out in the Holy Land. Want to thank you guys for listening to the show today. Hope you enjoy the Cotton Bowl. It should be a lot of fun. So for Brandon Carney, I'm Colton Denning. This has been the Hang Out in the Holy Land, and go Bucks.